0: They ain't gonna be alright this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts II, better known as RP3.
1: Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. Not live on location somewhere. Not away from the game studios. No, broadcasting live inside the game studios here in Upper Lafayette. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one. I have returned from my road trip adventures Media Day extravaganza 2022. Back in the studio, but only for one day. Because vacation begins for you, boy. Leaving out of town today. So am I going to barely make it across the finish line? No, no. Going to deliver the goods. Going to finish strong. Gonna get you amped up, ready to go on this Thursday. Of course, joining me inside the studio is the always chipper, enthusiastic, positive. They nickname her "Positive Patty," the producer extraordinaire. Miss Hannah Five names. Who's? Who's? Yeah, she's. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I looked at her and says, hey, you're not happy to see me? She goes, what? What? She's dealing with a technical issue. She don't have time for my shenanigans this morning. Maybe later. Maybe later. Maybe we'll have some shenanigans later. Got a great show lined up for you here today on RP3 and Company. We got not one, not two, but three really great guests lined up for you. Coming up at 7.30, Corey Diaz. He's our old friend, used to cover Louisiana Tech in Grambling, then went on to cover South Carolina. Now he's back in Louisiana. He's the new Raging Cajun beat reporter for the Daily Advertiser. He's going to join us, get his thoughts on what he heard from Sunbelt Conference media days in New Orleans, and in particular, what about those Raging Cajuns. So Corey Diaz will join us at 7.30 this morning. At 8 o'clock, Les East, Saints full-on training camp. We're going to get the latest news, his thoughts on what he saw at camp yesterday and what he heard from the players yesterday. That'll be coming up at straight up 8 o'clock. And then at 8.30, our buddy Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast is going to join us to discuss the latest with the ball club. And why in the heck can't they beat the Oakland Athletics? You sweep the Yankees, you sweep the Mariners, and then you get swept by the Oakland Athletics. But that's what baseball's all about, right? That's what baseball's all about. It's a weird, weird game. We'll get to the Mike Trout news as well. The latest with the Live Tour. They got themselves another one. I told you it wasn't going to stop. I told you it wasn't going to stop. just keeps on adding former major champions. And, of course, Saints training camp. Michael Thomas was out there yesterday. He was a little salty afterwards as well. Apparently, he's been keeping receipts, as the kids like to say. We'll hear from Michael Thomas and other Saints players coming up in about a half hour from right now. And, of course... We'll take your phone calls. Want to hear from you. Hotline is open as always. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. Let's start off today talking about them Houston Astros. One of the best teams in baseball found itself being swept by the worst team in baseball. And this is what makes baseball amazing because you will have these series happen throughout a season where you will have a great team, a possibly legendary team find itself being swept by one of the worst teams in baseball. Division rivals are different, just is. They know you better than most. So those are typically the teams, even the bottom feeders, the basement dwellers, if you will. Those are the ones that are going to be more inclined to sneak up on you and cause you some disruption, cause you some heartache, and surprise you by what they can do. That's what that typically means. That's what typically happens. And the A's are no different. They are in a full rebuild. We we believe they're in a full rebuild. Not really for sure if they are or if they're just stealing money at this point by selling off assets, forcing Billy Bean into semi retirement, and you know, having a payroll that was the same as it was for them in like, you know, nineteen ninety two. By the way, 1992 was 30 years ago, in case anyone was wondering. But they're obviously not committed to excellence, to use a term that old Oakland Raiders head coach and owner Al Davis would say. But they found a way. They found a way to take down the Astros. You know, the day before, they give up the big grand slam, the Stros do. And then they try to come back in that ball game, but it wasn't enough. They blow the early lead. I mean, they give up the early lead and they try to claw back, but it's not enough. They can't do it. Yesterday was afternoon day baseball. And the result was the same. Another L. But I will say this. And Astro fans are disgusted. I road tripped with Kevin Foote yesterday. Back from New Orleans. The topic did concern the Astros. But it was more of, why can't we beat that team? wasn't yelling or screaming. It was, why can't we just beat that team? And I go, Kev, this is baseball. This is what happens. It's a 162-game season. And these things are going to happen along the way. Great teams always lose to bad teams. Great teams always get swept by teams they shouldn't be swept by. Happens over and over and over again. Every single season. You look at every single World Series champion in the last 20, 30 years, and you look at their schedule, and there's going to be a a series sweep on there that you're going to go, what? Why? How did that happen? Happens every year. Every year. Happens every single year. But here's a little interesting tidbit for you. As embarrassing it may as it may be to be swept by the Oakland Athletics, who are one of the worst teams in baseball, if not the worst. Here's something to remember. The two thousand seventeen Astros started off the season sixty four and thirty two. They got swept by a last place Oakland A's team in Oakland. They went on to win the World Series. The 2022 Houston Astros team started the season 64 and 32, got swept by a last place Oakland Ace team in Oakland. You see? That 2017 team won the World Series and were swept by a bad Oakland Athletics team in Oakland. So that's my point once again. It happens every single year. A great team, your World Series champion, is going to have at least one, sometimes two series where they get swept by an inferior opponent and you go, huh? This is probably it. And teams do get to the point where they hit a bit of a wall. And you get into a big of a, a bit of a rut, and for the Stros, part of this is because Bregman's not playing to his potential. Yuli Gurriel is not playing to his potential. Doesn't look like Yuli or Breggs is really going to turn it around. More Bregman, Yuli looks lost. He looks washed, even though Dusty Baker switched up the lineup yesterday, put him in the two hole, and he got two doubles. So maybe he can turn it around. But Michael Brantley Jr.'s not back, and they don't know when he's coming back. That's a weird thing going on. So that vaunted lineup of Altuve and Bregman and Alvarez and Tucker and Yuli Guriel and Michael Brantley, well, right now they're essentially down three guys. Don't know when Brantley's coming back. Yuli Guriel's a shell of himself from last year. And Bregman's still not hitting to his potential. Which is why you keep hearing rumors coming out for a couple of players for the Astros. Trade deadline is a week from today. Major League Baseball trade deadline will be a week from today. You've heard the Astros linked to Contreras, the catcher, who's got a great bat. Is all They have also been linked to Bell from the Nationals, who can play first base and outfield. They've been rumored as the frontrunners for both of those players. And we've talked about the rotation as deep as it is. You still got Lance McCullers Jr. slated to return. He keeps going through rehab assignments. And everything that we hear has been amazing. His second rehab start was last night. He threw 52 pitches, struck out four across three innings of two-run ball. So Lance McCullers Jr. is improving to the point where we expect him for him to return to the Astros and start pitching for them next month, sometime in August. Get the best pitcher in minor league baseball just waiting in Sugarland and Brown. Expect the Astros to make a move. Expect the Astros to probably either go on from one of those pitchers. Urkey pitches today. Jose does. Because they're playing a certain team that a certain producer, extraordinaire, roots for. Wonder who that could be? Oh yeah, the Seattle Mariners. First pitches tonight, seven ten at Minute Maid Ballpark. Jose Arquiti will be on the bump for the Astros versus the Mariners. You can listen to that game live right here on the game. Maybe it's not Arquiti. Maybe it's Garcia. Jake Odorizzi seems like a player that may be moved. Because they have two quality pitchers coming back, one being bumped up from AAA and the other one coming back from rehab. Physical rehab, not drugs and alcohol rehab, just to be clear. So they can have the opportunity to take an Oderizzi or maybe a Garcia or Javier, one of those guys ship them off in a package to get themselves to get themselves Contreras. Despite being swept by the Oakland Athletics, which, once again, you never want to be swept by the Oakland Athletics. But, that said, losing yesterday 4-2 to and being swept, they're still one of the best teams in baseball. They still have one of the best records in baseball. They're still keeping pace with the New York Yankees. For the best overall record in baseball, and in particular, the best overall record in Major League Baseball altogether, just not the American League. Because the Yankees got swept by the New York Mets, and the Mets are good. But overall, Yankees are 66-33, and the Astros are 64-35. and So even with the three-game sweep at the hands of the Athletics, they're still right there in the mix. And they're going to be aggressive, reportedly, at the trade deadline. Going after Contreus, a catcher with a good bat, because Maldonado, even though he's hitting home runs and doubles, still is a liability at the plate. They could get Bell too, from the Nationals if the price is not too steep. So they're going to be aggressive. Maybe even add a left-handed pitcher for the bullpen. But the tros are going to be making some moves, at least one, possibly two, in between now, Thursday, July 28th, and next Thursday's Tread Deadline. So, yeah, if you're an Astros fan, it sucks that you got swept by the A's. But you're still one of the best teams in baseball. And, oh, sure does seem like a carbon copy of the 2017 season, which ended up pretty well for the Astros. And you're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. And you're getting Lance McCullers Jr. back next month. And you're going to call up the AAA phenom. There's a lot to like, and there's a lot to be happy about. Just saying. Just saying. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to talk a little bit more about baseball. Mike Trout, is he done? Some conflicting reports coming out. That he has some extremely rare back issue. He's 30. He's got back issues. Ooh, not great. We'll also unveil our poll question of the day. Some of you have already been pouncing on it, already getting those votes in, already leaving your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We'll unveil it live on the air coming up next. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Uh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse down at Cypress Bayou, mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection. Or you can also score yourself a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, Fresh Gulf Seafood. Or you can get yourself a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score those great prizes by becoming a member of our clubhouse today. Go sign up. It's simple. It's easy. It's free. We even have a video up on the website showing you how to do it. Go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. And sign up for our Rewards Club so you can start scoring yourself great gift certificates to local restaurants here in Acadiana in southwest Louisiana. Let's talk a little bit more baseball before we shift over to our poll question of the day and then our Saints discussion this morning. Yankees have already got things rocking and rolling at the trade deadline as they go get themselves all-star outfielder. Andrew Benatendi. I don't know why I say his name that way. It just feels like it deserves to be said that way. But Yankees, as we expected, are going to be aggressive, so they added themselves an all-star. I don't think they're done either. I just don't. They're going to be aggressive at the tread deadline. Why wouldn't you? Honestly, why wouldn't you? We'll see what the Astros do. And one more point about the Astros, courtesy of our friend Steve Wiley. And he makes a good point. I forgot to bring this up. Remember the season is condensed. The late starts of the season, less spring training, and less time off during the season, less days off for travel. Think about it this way. The Astros played yesterday, wrapped up their game yesterday evening in California they're flying back home, probably didn't get back home until early this morning, and they're playing again today. The travel wear and tear does play a role on these teams, whether it's the Astros or anyone else. So that plays a role in this as well. I want to talk about Mike Trout. Generational talent, often compared to the best five-tool player since Mickey Mantle. And as great as the Mick was, his body broke down on him. Knees, legs. He also lived a certain lifestyle that didn't help matters. Well documented. Mickey liked to party. Mickey liked to drink. For those of you that don't know the Mickey Mantle story. Probably one of the top ten greatest baseball players of all time. The Yankees have probably about half of that top ten. But now we're starting to see this with Trout. Last couple of seasons, he's been banged up. Last year, he had the calf injury that took time away. And remember, before, right in the midst of all the media days, extravaganza that we've been going through here at the game in Atlanta and New Orleans, Trout was placed on the I.L., Initially, he was placed on there for a rib injury, remember? Well, reporting came out yesterday that it feels like it's far more serious. Apparently, Mike Trout is dealing with a pretty rare back condition. But he says that he's going to plan on returning. The Los Angeles Angels head athletic trainer revealed that the three time American League MVP had a rare spinal condition that could affect him for the rest of his career. 30 years old, has a rare spinal condition that could impact the rest of his career. Uh oh. By the way, Mike Trout is the second-highest-paid player in baseball. And that contract is guaranteed. Trout thinks that the whole thing has been blown out of proportion. He actually addressed the media yesterday about this, says, quote, I think he meant that I have to stay on top of the routine I do on a daily basis to keep it from coming back. Trout said after the Angels beat the Kansas City Royals four to nothing to clinch their first series win in nearly a month. Furthermore, he says, quote, I'm appreciative of all the prayer requests, but my career is not over, end quote. Ten-time All-Star, three-time league MVP, left a game against the Astros back on July 12th with what was first called back spasms, then went on the injured list a week later with what was called a rib cage inflammation. On Wednesday, Angels athletic trainer Mike Forstad revealed it to be a rare spinal condition. Quote, this is from the trainer, the medical man, not the player, the medical man. This is a pretty rare condition that he has right now in his back. The doctor, Robert Watkins III, who's one of the most well-known spine surgeons in the country, if not the world, doesn't see a lot of these. And for it to happen in a baseball player, we just have to take into consideration what he puts himself through with hitting, swinging on a daily basis just to get prepared then also playing in the outfield, diving for balls, jumping into the wall, things like that. There's so many things that can aggravate it. But this doctor hasn't seen a lot of it, end quote. And maybe the trainer's just being overly cautious. But Mike Trout is 30 years old. And we're being told he has a rare spinal condition. And the trainer just went through the things of, you know, the way he swings, the way he dives for balls, the way he runs into the wall in the outfield, the way he slides on the base paths. You know, baseball functions or functions for a baseball player. Now Trout is downplaying this. Trout is confident that he can come back this year. But when you start having neck or spine things happening when you're an athlete, you got to be concerned. And the thought process that Mike Trout could play 20 years in the big leagues, I don't know. I don't know. And once we've seen this over and over again, haven't we? When it comes to athletes. Whether you're a basketball star or a football star or a golfer, it does not matter. Once the body starts breaking down, once it starts breaking down, injuries start piling up. Once that happens, rarely do you ever reverse it. Rarely do you ever stop it and say, hey, I'm good. I'm not going to have another injury for another five years. Nine times out of ten, that's not how that happens. What happens is that you continue being injured and your body continues breaking down. See Tiger Woods. See a a number of basketball players. Doesn't mean that you can't still win like Tiger did at the Masters a couple years ago. Doesn't mean that you can't still be an effective player because you can, but... Remaining on top is one of the most dominant athletes of your sport once the injuries start piling up? That's not how it works. See Tiger Woods, see Derrick Rose, and the list goes on and on and on. So, interesting to see what happens there with Trout. How about a poll question of the day? It's about the New Orleans Saints. It's about training camp or what came out of training camp yesterday people got excited Ooh, they got excited because Michael Thomas is officially off that pup list and he was out there running routes looking Chris and had salty things to say he's got a chip on his shoulder afterwards looks like Michael Thomas is back so we asked you how many wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth to the Saints because remember last year they didn't have him at all they nearly made the playoffs had a winning record How many more wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth to the Saints? That's our poll question of the day. And right now, 47% of you say less than three. You do not believe Michael Thomas is worth three additional victories. 33% of you say at least three victories. And 20% say more than three. Hart say, I would normally answer at least three if not sideline, but Michael Thomas is clearly on a revenge season. He's heard nothing but slander about him for two years straight. He's way too competitive in an athlete and probably wants to silence all who had nothing but negative takes on him. He's kind of built that way. He's, he's built that way. JPK, the OD, says, on last year's team, I could see three, not on this year's team. Michael Thomas is a nice centerpiece, but we have others that can step up. Even without Michael Thomas, this year's wide receiver room is 1,000 improved, 1,000% improved over last year's 2021 Saints highlight reel below, and it's a gif of a guy with (laughs) butterfingers. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, even if he doesn't make receptions, just being on the field, he takes and demands attention from the secondary. Good morning. Good morning to you, John Paul. Darren, number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company, says at least two, the Bucks and the Bucks. <laughs> nice. Dak Cajun says he needs to show me in a game that he is healthy. We have seen him run in practice before saying he was healthy. Well, Dak Cajun, he was taken off the pup list yesterday. So that is a step being healthy. But if you want to be, you know, want to be more patient, you want to wait a little while longer, I can respect that. I respect that Ralph Bergeron says by myself, one or two, but as others have stated, throw in Landry and Alave. And I think it's right at three. It would be higher if we had to get in shootouts, but we don't with that defense 12 and five season. I don't think that's unrealistic for the saints to go 12 and five this year. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave those comments on Facebook and Twitter. When we come back, we're going to hear from Michael Thomas and others from Saints Training Camp yesterday. We're going to play that for you next, right here on RP3 and Company. But before, we have to take our timeout, My friends over at Lafayette, Marble, and Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. You know they already take care of you for your kitchen countertops and your bathroom countertops. Great marble countertops take those rooms to another level right you already know that but did you know that they can also take care of your man cave take care of your outdoor living space and make that the envy of the neighborhood we all know you love to entertain in the falls for football college on saturday pros on sunday why not do it in style why not have the spot for friends and family to come over. They're going to want to come over to your house. They're going to leave their place and be at your place to watch games. Lafayette Marble & Granite can help you with that. Go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. You can check out all the great products and services that they have to offer. Or you can simply stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City, Ford, and the Jockey Lot. It's Lafayette, Marble, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business. And trust me, earn it they will. we got to take a timeout. Saints discussion coming up next right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants? Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. How many more wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth to the Saints? Remember last year, didn't have Michael for the whole year. Still nearly made the playoffs, had a winning record. So how many more wins is he worth to this team? That's what we want to know from you. How many more wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth? Right now, 43% of you say less than three. You don't think a healthy Michael Thomas is worth more than, you only think he's worth a couple more wins? I don't know. Is it at least three, more than three, or less than three? Right now, less than three is leading the way 43%. 38% of you do say at least three. So some division here amongst the Houdat Nation when it comes to what Michael Thomas is worth to the Saints, if healthy. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Speaking of Michael Thomas, we heard from him yesterday. Came off the pup list, was out there running routes, looked good, caused a bit of a – people got excited about it yesterday, seeing video of him out there at the Saints training facility in Metairie on Airline Drive. And he talked about just how blessed he feels personally about being back out there with his teammates and practicing again.
2: I'm kind of lost for words. I didn't want to come up here and get emotional or anything, but it was a blessing to definitely be back out there with the guys, being able to put my hand in the pile and just be out there to perfect my craft and compete and encourage guys and get ready to help DA win some games.
1: Already ready to help DA. I, I said this before it was the safe move by the Saints. Promoting Dennis Allen from defensive coordinator to head coach. But he's really well-liked in that locker room. I think he's more well-liked than we were led to believe or we knew. And I think that played a huge role in their decision. When you got offensive guys, you know, man, I can't wait to go out there and get wins for D.A. They're bought in. We've heard this over and over again, whether it was new players brought in or or players already on the roster. Sure does seem like they have fully bought in. Now, obviously, he's coming off missing yet another season and being banged up the last two years, having to have surgery. And, you know, he had to have surgery again, and it was kind of late in the process. And he was asked, you know why was his surgery? Why did that occur so late? And this is what Michael Thomas had to say.
2: It's pretty much like when you come into, when you go to a doctor, a doctor you go, you get an opinion. A doctor is going to give you an opinion. You go to two doctors. One person has an opinion. Another person has an opinion. You have the right to pick an opinion. So if one of the opinions is you can rehab your ankle, and it should be good by camp. And I've never had surgery, then I'm gonna stick with that one. If that one doesn't work, then we go with the second one. That's pretty much how it works. I don't write the thing; I just have to pick one.
1: you Tell a little frustrated there, right? Tell is a little frustrated there. Never had surgery. Was told by one doctor, "Hey, you don't need surgery. You can rehab this and get ready for camp." He wasn't able to. His body needed surgery, didn't need rehab. Little testy there, but not too bad, right? Not too bad. It's like, look, and look, if you're Thomas, here's the other thing that you got to think of. A lot of you listening right now are my age or older. And you probably, well, why not just get the surgery? Well, when you're in your 40s or your 50s, You look at things like that and you go, you know what, I'm I'm going to get a surgery done. Because I know my body, I know why my body's doing this. I know my body's breaking down, right? I know I need to fix it. I need help to fix it. But when you're 25, 26 years old and you're an all-pro in the National Football League, you've never had a surgery, you never had to deal with anything like that, you probably think on some level, I'm young, I'm healthy enough, I can just rehab this with physical therapy and rest and it'll be fine. So you're probably going to be more inclined to get the doctor's opinion and go with the doctor's opinion that says you don't need surgery than you do having surgery. That's something with age. That comes with time, so to speak. He was also asked, you know, how far is he physically? Not mentally, because obviously he's there. He's laser focused. He's ready to go. But how far is he physically from where he wants to be, where he can be 100% Michael Thomas?
2: Oh, I'm always trying to get better. Even before I got injured, I felt like I was far away from being the player I am. And Now here, it's just day-to-day, taking coaching, um, listening to coaching, uh, making every rep count, and just uh, staying disciplined my approach, taking care of my body so I can be out there and honestly just competing at a high level.
1: So there you go. Competing at a high level. Once again, Thomas is now 29. He was 28 when he originally was diagnosed with needing to get the thing. Because he re-aggravated it. So you're still in the prime of your career. You probably don't think you need surgery. It's It's not even on your it's not, not nowhere near you you're like what do you mean i got a doctor who tells me i can just rehab it i'm good but he does take care of himself right he is a kind of a physical specimen so he's not where he wants to be even when we think he's probably at 95 percent or 100 percent, he probably thinks he needs to push himself even more Look, he was just placed on the PUP list a week ago, week and a half ago. And then a couple days into training camp, he's off the PUP list. How did he come off of it so quickly?
2: Me and the coaches, you know, me and DA, we had a meeting yesterday. Mickey, they told me what they were expecting for me to do and uh, what they needed out of me and what they needed to see. So we had a like a workout in the morning or whatever. They wanted to see how I move. Uh, and I passed my test, and they allowed me to come off PUP.
1: So There you go. He was chomping at the bit. You know what that tells Chomping at the bit. It also tells me he probably wasn't too happy being put on the pup list to begin with. And he's like, uh-uh, no, no. I, I got to do whatever it takes to get out there because I need to develop a rapport with my guys. I need to develop a rapport with Jameis Winston in particular. And he talked about what's it like to finally be kind
2: of practicing and playing with Jameis. Jameis, he's a competitor. He's like the ultimate competitor. He, uh, he always shows up ready to work. It's like you're not going to outwork him. Um, you're not going to deny him. and he's always has that energy. He brings that energy and passion, and you just feed off that. And uh, I'm excited to play with him, and I'm excited to help him move the chains. I'll say it again. Even if you only get
1: 85% of what Michael Thomas used to be, if post-surgery and post-injury, he's only going to be 85% of what he used to be you're going to win two to three more games a year. Especially with adding Alave and Jarvis Landry. Just saying. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up our number one, update that poll question of the day. That's all up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <coughs> poll question of the day how many wins is a healthy michael thomas worth to the new orleans saints once again this team was a winning team a year ago and barely missed out on the playoffs if you add a healthy michael thomas to the fold how many more wins is he worth to the team all pro all world wide receiver if healthy that's the big what if some of you want to Still, you know, play a wait-and-see game here. I can respect that. But how many wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth? 45% of you say less than three. 32% say at least three. 23% say more than three. Doug has chimed in. Shout-out to Doug. Ray, let's be fair. It was the defense that carried the team last year. The question should be how many games will Michael Thomas play this year. Don't trust Michael Thomas. I get it. Some of y'all are gun-shy about M.T., You thought he was going to play last year. He didn't play. He was banged up the year before. I get it. But, man, it sure does feel like he's healthy. Sure does look like he's healthy. And if that's the case, even if he's only 85% of what he used to be, now you got Alave and Landry in the wide receiving core. That's going to give your team more chances to win more games because of how he's going to be treated. A little bit more one-on-one matchups for Landry and Alave. See, it's just not Michael Thomas having 100 catches. It's what his impact being on the field can do for the team as well. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. We're going to talk more Saints training camp. And we'll take your phone calls. Hotline's open. 337-706-0111. You're listening To the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
3: Everything,
0: everything. Everything going to be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
1: Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Our number two has arrived as we're broadcasting live from the Nope. Live from college food. Oh, nope, nope. We're live in the studio. <laughs> Sorry. Get a little confused sometimes. I'm back here in the studio with the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. She wasn't happy to see me. So let's, let's be honest. Let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Wasn't thrilled to see me today. You know why? Let's be real have a real conversation because i'm now leaving (laughs) for going on vacation today so she, she she's not she's not gonna allow herself to be excited and have a good time today with yours truly because i'm gonna be on vacation starting today and i'll be out all next week so she's like why are you even here why are you even here has nothing to do with the fact that she's dealing with a splitting headache. A number love for you, five names. Number love. Our number two is here. Coming up. 7:30. At 7:30, Corey Diaz, our old friend, is joining us. He's the new. Raging Cajuns beat reporter for the Daily Advertiser. He was at Sunbelt Conference Media Days this week. He was there to check out what the Raging Cajuns did yesterday. We'll get his thoughts on what he heard and his conversations that he had with the commissioner and others. Get a little Sunbelt and Raging Cajun football talk coming up with Corey. Half an hour from right now and an hour from right now, we're going to be talking New Orleans Saints training camp with our buddy Les East we already touched on Houston Astros getting swept by the Oakland Athletics. Obviously, that is not what we call optimal. But, same record they had in 2017 at this time. Identical. That year, too, they were swept by a very bad last place Oakland Athletics team in Oakland. That year, they won the World Series. This is baseball You can go from beating two of the best teams in baseball, sweeping them, and then getting swept by the worst team in baseball. And you're going to see more of this this season because of the condensed schedule, because of the fact that you don't have the days off like you used to, because of the lockout forced them to squeeze 162 games in like this. They essentially just took out all the travel days. So there's going to be a little bit of fatigue involved And for the Strohs, they're still trying to find their way a little bit. Even though they're one of the best teams in baseball. How is that possible? Doesn't make any sense, right? Well, them as a team, they're not trying to find their way. They have players on their team that are trying to find their way. Can Yuli Gurriel get right? Yeah, I don't know. Guy was the batting champion a year ago. Now he's batting in, you know, the 220s. And we're about to wrap up the month of July. And it's still a struggle for Yuli. Alex Bregman is still not playing to his potential. So you had two of your premier hitters in your lineup. Even though Yuli got two doubles yesterday. Dusty mixed it up and put him in the two-hole. They're still struggling. So you got two of your best hitters of your vaunted lineup that right now are struggling to hit the baseball. One of your other great hitters, vaunted hitters, Michael Brantley Jr. is still on the IL and you're not for sure when you're going to get him back. You're not, you're not for sure. So no Brantley, still on the I.L. Will he come back this season? Maybe. Don't really know. We'll ask Brent Chansey that question when he joins us at 8.30 this morning from the Locked On Astros podcast. No Brantley, Yuli struggling, Alex Bregman struggling, yet they're still one of the best teams in baseball. So they still got guys on their roster that are trying to find their way, trying to figure it out, and we know they're still going to be aggressive at the trade deadline, which is a week from today. They've already been rumored and linked to being pursuing Bell, first baseman slash outfielder for the Washington Nationals, that could give them a a, a bat a a, a bat a bap? no 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 Uh bat in their lineup. There we go. That's what I was trying. I was thinking a bopper and then a bat, and then I put it together. And there we go. But that will give them some more pop in their lineup, right? And the good thing, if you do get Bell, once again, that's not a done deal. They're just rumored to be the front runner to land him. You can have him play two different positions. That way it gives you a little bit more versatility in your lineup, your everyday lineup. The last 48 hours, the rumor mill has ramped up about Contreras, the catcher, who can also hit, being targeted by the Astros as well. Did they give up Jake Odorizzi? Did they give up Jose Arquidi or uh, Luis Garcia? One of those guys. They have a ton of pitching depth. Not to mention Lance McCullers Jr. continues to impress in his rehab starts in minor leagues. He's going to be joining the roster probably in, what, two to three weeks? That's a guy that's your number three starter. And you get the best pitcher in minor league baseball just waiting to be called up. So the Astros can maybe trade one of these guys and get them go get Bell or go get Contreus or maybe go get themselves a left-handed pitcher for the bullpen. i should interested to see what happens. But once again, Brantley not playing. Brantley's only played in 64 games this year. He was batting two eighty-eight. So you're missing him. Bregman is still not where he needs to be. He's only batting two thirty eight. Breggs has played more games than anybody else on the active roster for the Astros. And he's still struggling. Dusty's letting him hit his way out of this. And it looked like he was making some progress, but that's kind of stalled again. He's batting 238. Yuli's batting 237. So you got two of your best hitters batting below 240, and another one on the IL. Strohs will be just fine. They're going to make moves at the tread deadline, they're going to get these guys back. They're going to make improve their bullpen. They'll improve their lineup. And the Houston Astros, who, by the way, even after being swept by the Oakland Athletics, were able to keep pace for having the best record in the American League because the Yankees were swept by the Mets. And that doesn't make me happy as a Braves fan because anytime the Mets play a baseball game, I want them to lose. You listen to more Houston Astros baseball tonight. They already made the trip back. Gearing up for that series against the Seattle Mariners. Someone's flexing up. Someone's ready to go for that. Let's go. Let's go, Mariners. How'd they bounce back after the sweep at the hands of the Strohs. let me look here. how how they, how'd they swept do? They slept
3: the Rangers.
1: Oh, take that, Tejas. Uh-huh. <laughs> A little, aha uh-huh? Is that what you just did? Outstanding.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, man. And of,
3: and, of course, my dude Julio, who did get to come back, you know, for the All-Star, after the All-Star break because of wrist soreness. He didn't play in the first game against the Rangers, but then he came back and played the second game in – Within four balls, at a home run. <laughs> it's fine.
1: Four game series. This is huge for your Mariners.
3: It is a final regular season series against the Astros.
1: That's right, and it's a four game series. Yeah, going to have Arcidi pitching against Gilbert tonight. That game will start at seven ten. You can listen to it live right here on the game. You are home for Houston Astros baseball in Southwest Louisiana. Then it's Verlander versus Ray on Friday
3: makes
1: me scared. <laughs> you know, Verlander. Does,
3: Verlander but, scares me at all times.
1: Yes, a, a, but, as, as, as he should. Yeah. Because the way he pitches against the Mariners. Framer Valdez will be on the bump Saturday. Flexin? Is that how you pronounce this pitcher's yes. name? What a name, Flexin. That's, hey, that's, he's always
3: uh, flexing up. He's always <laughs> flexing up, yes.
1: And then Odorizzi will pitch the Maddenay on Sunday when Kirby will take the bump for the Mariners. So, four-game series and you can listen to all four games. Mariners versus Astros right here on the game. Are you and Kevin going to play nice for this final series? Uh,
3: I mean, I would hope so. Cuz I mean Is Kenneth taking <laughs> you to
1: the one of the games? There's no, four of them.
3: We weren't able to. It's fine.
1: I know. Failure. Failure. Okay. You, you, you can instead, instead of watching your Mariners try to beat the Astros in Minute Maid Ballpark, you can get just as enjoyment being at home working on a puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of those Astros, you know what? The game, 1037 Lafayette and one like Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Astros are going to take on the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles have been playing really good of late. On Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. That's right. O's Stroh's Inside Minute Maid Ballpark on Saturday, August 27th. Simply go register in the Game Clubhouse to score yourself four tickets a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. I'll say it again for those in the back that weren't listening. Four tickets to see the O's take on the Strohs inside Minute Maid Ballpark. We're going to throw a tour of the ballpark in there as well. And hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston Downtown, and The Game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win them. Only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. Go sign up today. It's simple, it's easy, and it's free. Go visit 1037 game.com or 1041thegame.com so you can be our latest Astros weekend giveaway winner. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Update that poll question of the day and also hear a little more from some Saints players like Marcus May and Cam Jordan. They talked to the media yesterday at training camp. We'll share that with you. Coming up next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana.
1: Oh, you can score a brand new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right. The game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. Oh, man, you would want that on your wrist, right? Ooh. Apparently, I've been told it's the new Rolex. Instead of trying to get yourself a Rolex, people are getting Apple Watches. People, Some people are even collecting Apple Watches. I don't have an Apple Watch. They scare me technology scares me i'm an old man change scares me but many of you right now listening you right now listening in your car in your suv in your pick up truck as my daughter calls them. you're not scared you want that apple watch you need the apple watch guess what you can get yourself one because the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, we want to hook you up with a brand-new Apple Watch. All you got to do is join our text club. That's it. Just join the text club. Simply text the word GAME, G-A-M-E, to three three seven two eight three eight one zero zero. 283 8100 That's GAME, to three three seven two eight three eight one zero zero. 283 8100 Once you join, you will be eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. It's not used. It's not an old model. It's going to be a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have tons of chances to score yourself other great prizes. I'm talking Houston Astros tickets. I'm talking concert tickets, station swag, and more. It's the game's brand new text club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Let's get back to talking New Orleans Saints, shall we? We heard from Michael Thomas earlier. He had lots to say. He's excited. He's blessed. He's ready to put in the work. He's ready to get wins for DA. And he's ready to work with Jameis Winston. That could be a a really good combination. But that's not the only player that we heard from yesterday. Let's go on the defensive side of the football, shall we? Marcus May, the safety that they brought in from the Jets to pair up with Tyron Matthew. Now, he's been banged up a little bit himself. Plus, he's got the DWI arrest that occurred. Probably going to have to serve some sort of suspension by the NFL on that. But he's still going to make an impact for this team, in particular on the back end of the defense. And... They're lining him up at both safety spots, multiple spots in the secondary. And he talked about, you know, learning one or the other.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's a new group of guys. Um, It's our first time together. So, you know, it's going to be a learning process. You know, everybody has to get to know each other on and off the field. So, you know, I'm excited, you know, for this group to get to know all these guys to to see how they play out there on the field, to uh, see how they, you know, learn football and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting for each other.
1: Learning from each other and learning to play different positions because they're going to line him up elsewhere. I don't think they're going to use him like they do Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but you can line up Marcus in different spots. So you get to learn in a new position, get to learn multiple positions, and you get to learn from other new guys. And it is a new group. Marcus Williams is gone. Malcolm Jenkins retired. So, you got some new guys. Uh, You got the young man out of Tennessee that you drafted. You brought in Marcus May. You brought in Tyron Matthews. So, it's a different mixture on the back end of this defense. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And May, you know, also talked about having to play both deep, play as the deep safety, and also – Stand up and play inside the box for run defense.
3: Uh, That'd be good. I mean, it makes it uh, a lot harder to read, get a read on, Um, you know, different guys do different things. Um, So, you know, it's not just one person here and one person there. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be good for us to be able to do both.
1: See, there you go. So he's learning how to play it multiple ways. And he's learning from the other guys. They're already building up some camaraderie. That's good. It's a good sign. And look. The Marcus May signing, Honey Badger got all the headlines and rightfully so, right? He's your all pro. He's your Super Bowl champion. Makes a lot of sense, right? That said, Marcus May is a sneaky good hire. Sneaky good guy, player that they brought in that they signed, He can do a lot of good things. He's going to be a good player. And usually when they go get themselves New York Jets players, it works out in a big way. Chris Richard, he's the man that's coaching him up back there. And Marcus May told us, you know, his initial thoughts, what his thoughts have been working with him.
3: Uh, I like him. A very intense, very detailed guy. Like I said, he holds everybody to a high standard. He makes sure everybody's, you know, in the right spot, making sure everybody knows exactly what they're doing and things like that. So everything's been good so far.
1: Yeah, and I think he's a well-respected guy and he's going to be treated as such with the guys in that secondary. Once again, Dennis Allen did a nice job with his staff. Cam Jordan has been one of the big faces and voices on the defensive side of the football for quite a long time. Not surprising with his personality and, and let's be honest, with his performance on and off the field. And, you know, his defensive coordinator is now the head coach. Right? And I talked about how this team has been trending to be a more defensive-minded team the last couple years anyway. And how well-respected and how well-liked DA is in that locker room, in particular with the defense. But now he's the head coach. That's what Cam Jordan had to say about his new head coach.
4: DA, I know, you know I'd like to say, you know, I know trust as a, as a defensive coordinator. So I I feel like I can come up and talk to him if I have any qualms, and I hate that. <laughs> with Sean, he was an offensive guy, so the only time I wanted to see him was, like, at a basketball game. You know, like, I don't really want to see him because if I have to see him during practice, it's because the defense is messed up. We're seeing him during the game, it's because the defense is really messed up. You know? Um, with DA, I know we're going to be there every every day, I mean, like, it's... In my mind, we're a defense-first team, which I love. And at the same time, I don't know if I – you know, I'm, I'm used to it. I've never had a defensive-minded head coach before. So I think that it's going to be great for us because, again, we're going to get better as a defense, and we know we have the tools to be great on offense already. So yeah, if we can well. become better on defense, how much, how much more can we go?
1: You, you got to love when he says something like that. They're a great defensive team. They're going to be top 10. They've been top 10 for most years. And he says, you know, we got the tools to be great on offense, but what if we can even be better on defense? Like, Cam's the type of guy the way he's built that if he sees improvement from this offense with a healthy Michael Thomas and you adding Jarvis Landry and you added Chris Olave, and Jameis Winston takes that next step, if he starts to see these guys in practice start to really come together on the offensive side of the football, that motivates Cam to do even better. To be even more dominant. And that's going to motivate him to motivate his teammates. always love hearing that. When I, when I, when I hear a player say, say something like that. Marcus Davenport is a guy that Cam has mentored. Ever since he was drafted out of UTSA. But Davenport has shown brilliance. That he can be a, an elite pass rusher in this league. But he's always banged up. And yet again. He starts off training camp on the pup list and had to have part of his finger amputated. This is what Cam had to say about his little brother, essentially.
4: Marcus, Marcus Davenport is a force to be reckoned with. I've been calling him a freak for the last four years, and he's a freak of nature. You know, six, 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 seven, whatever he is, forty-inch vert runs of probably a four or five. Just a freak of nature, a natural calamity, if you will, uh, when he hits the field. And now he's heading to year five, and you saw what he did last year in what eleven games, ten games, ten and a half games, whatever it was. You know, nine nine sacks deep. This uh, he he has a, a pure want to to get to the quarterback. He has this. You know, I love it because he's one of those guys that you have to pull back. Like he goes hard as he can every rep if he gets a chance. And we're going to make Peyton turn the same way. We got some ways to go.
1: love hearing that for a couple of reasons you love hearing from another player that Davenport has that motor where he has to be pulled back sometimes the problem with Davenport has been he can't stay healthy he's a he shows dominance when he plays. the problem is availability he's not there. he's injured. every season there's something. Great young player when he plays. He doesn't play enough. That's a frustrating thing for Saints fans. But obviously in that locker room, they love him. They think he's a dominant player. But I love right at the end where he talked about Peyton Turner. The rookie out of Houston that had a disappointing rookie campaign, missed most of it because of injury. He said, oh, we're going to make Peyton Turner that too. He's got a ways to go though. He's letting you know that their game plan is is to make Peyton Turner one of them. But he's not there yet, and they're going to be on his rear end to make sure that he is going to become that. That shows you the leadership of Cam Jordan, that tells you that they're having conversations behind the scenes, that he's probably told his head coach, D.A., we got this. Peyton Turner, we're going to fix him. We're going to motivate him. He's going to step up in that role for this team. You love hearing that from one of your veteran players in Cam Jordan. And one more from Cam. You know, this team is going to be led by its defense. Its defensive coordinator is now its head coach. It's going to have that defensive mentality. But I have said here over and over again, I think the Saints offense is going to be better than what you think it's going to be. You don't need Drew. You don't need Jameis Winston to be Drew Brees. You just need him to throw for like I don't know, thirty-eight hundred yards, four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, 50, 15 picks. If he has that stat line, if Jameis Winston has four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, and fifteen picks, they're a playoff team. Plain and simple. That's it, it's that simple. That's all you need from him. They could be better though than that. This is what Cam Jordan had to say about his team's offense.
4: How explosive or how much potential does our offense actually have? You know, like when you think about you draft a guy like, again, Chris Olave, you bring in, you know, you have Jarvis Landry. Mike T steps back on the field. Mike T alone can do it for you. So now you give, you know, one of the ultimate weapons, more weapons. And then you give it to a guy like Jameis, who was playing lights out at the beginning of last year through, you know, him being hurt untold potential. So what does it do? It opens up the field even more. How much more? I don't know. We'll see. We, we went from having the highest draft pick being Trey Kwan last year to, you know, nobody being drafted behind him and our receiving quarter to now all of them being drafted and having weight in the league. We talk about Jarvis and Mike T. And then you bring in Chris Olave, who's been training with Mike T since. Yes.
1: You like that? Got done with his answer. Qu- reporter was ready to ask another one. Yes. I'm Cam Jordan. You're not. Yes. What do you got? I'm here to answer. What do you got? I got to go get on Peyton Turner's behind and get him ready for the season. What you got next? If I'm a Saints fan, I love what I'm hearing. Love what I'm hearing. Poll question of the day. We asked you, how many more wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth to the Saints? How many wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth to the black and gold? We want to hear from you. Right now, 43% of you say at least three. Shift a little bit here. 39% say less than three. And 18% of you say more than three. Brad on Twitter says, I thought three before I even saw the option, so I'm sticking to it. Question assumes relatively good health throughout the lineup. Yep. You have to make that assumption that they're going to be healthy throughout the lineup. Also assumes that Jameis Winston's going to be healthy for the season too, because you know, you got Taysom Hill in the Joker role, and you got Ian Book on the roster. <laughs> Just amazing, Ian Book. Sean Payton waited a draft pick on that guy. I mean, wasted a draft pick on that guy. Think about that for a minute. We got to take a timeout. When we return. Corey Diaz, Raging Cajun beat reporter for the Daily Advertiser, will be joining us, talking all things Raging Cajuns and Sunbelt Conference. That's next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. 2 4 Niner by six, seven, I can't
2: hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a Niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie?
0: No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm broadcasting live here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We are what we call efforting Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him on here in this hour coming up in hour number three, the 8 o'clock hour. Les East will join us from crescentcitysports.com That'll be coming up at 8 o'clock to talk Saints training camp. That will be followed 8.30. We're going to talk to Brett Chancy of the Locked On Astros podcast. So Saints talk, Astros talk on deck for next hour. You've got to make sure to Stay tuned for that. Reminder that the Houston Astros are, in fact, playing tonight. They begin a four-game series at home against the Seattle Mariners. It'll be the last time in the regular season that the Mariners and the Astros will face off. four-game series. Starts tonight. First pitch, 7-10. Jose Arquiti on the bump for the Strohs as they look to get back on track after being swept by the lowly Oakland Athletics. Now, the Strohs are coming off before then, sweeping the Yankees and then sweeping the Seattle Mariners. Do I expect there to be a sweep this weekend for this four-game set? I do not. I wouldn't be surprised if this is an even split series. Mariners are feeling good after beating the Rangers They'd like to get some revenge, and these two teams have played each other extremely well, with the exception of last weekend. So, I'd expect it to be a bit of a dogfight there inside Minute Maid Ballpark this weekend. You can listen to all four games of the Astros series against the Seattle Mariners right here on the game. First pitch tonight, once again, 7-10. Astro launch will begin at 6-30. I'm sorry, 640 rather, 30 minutes of pregame. First pitch is 710. I was told there'd be no math. I was told there'd be no math. But you can listen to all those games, of course, right here on the game as we are your home for Houston Astros baseball here in southwest Louisiana. Poll question of the day though, is about the New Orleans Saints. How many more wins is Michael Thomas worth to the Saints? Remember, didn't have him last year. They still nearly made the playoffs. What about a healthy MT this year? How much better can the Saints be with a healthy Michael Thomas? Not to mention they drafted Chris Olave. He's been working out with Michael Thomas ever since he'd been drafted. They developed a bond. Plus, they're Both Ohio State guys. They're developing a bond. You added Chris Olave. You added Jarvis Landry. Ooh, Just saying. It's going to be nice. How many more wins is Michael Thomas worth? We asked you. When he's healthy. Healthy Michael Thomas. At least three. More than three. Or less than three. And the updated results on our poll question of the day. Forty-one percent of you say a healthy Michael Thomas is worth at least three wins for the New Orleans Saints. Thirty-seven percent of you, though, go the opposite direction. You say he's less, he's worth less than three. Twenty-one percent of you say more than three. I think I think, you know, two, two to three wins. He's that type of an impact player. And Even if he's not putting up, you know, 100-plus receptions like he did before he got injured and had to miss the majority of two seasons, even if he's just 85% of that guy, it's still going to open up things for the entire offense because defenses are still going to game plan for him like he's still the old Michael Thomas. So he's going to get bracketed. He's going to get double coverage sometimes. That's going to leave one-on-one matchups all day long for Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. And then defenses are going to have to figure out what are we going to do here? And then if you decide to take off that bracket or that double coverage off of Thomas, then that's going to free him up to be able to do even more things. I think two to three wins. I think he's worth that alone. Especially in what they want to do and how they want to orchestrate things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, be interesting to see how much of a rapport he and Jameis Winston can develop, because that's going to be key to this as well. They have both have talked about wanting to play with each other, and they haven't been able to do so. Since Winston's been on the Saints, he hasn't been able to play with Michael Thomas because Thomas has been injured. Is missed time. So how important, how key would that be? How awesome would that be, rather? It's going to be pretty phenomenal. Just saying. It's going to be pretty darn phenomenal if they can both be healthy. That's a big what if. If they can be healthy. Because if the offensive line with Doug Marone there running that unit, trying to improve it. If he can just get them to be, I don't know, let's say average. Seems a playoff team. Offensive line just needs to be average. Doesn't even need to be great. Just average is all. That's all what they need to do. That's all they need to do. Just be, uh, okay. That's it. That is all. Make that offensive line average. Keep Winston and Thomas healthy. Man, they're going to be able to put up some points. Once again, it's not going to be 2011 Saints, Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham type of offense. It's not going to be that. It's never going to be that again, by the way. That was one of the most prolific offensive teams we've ever seen. Some would argue the best Saints team in history. Even better than the Super Bowl team even though they didn't even make it to the NFC Championship game. Things got derailed by the 49ers. The cheaters, as Kevin likes to call them. By the way, terrible move by San Francisco. We haven't had a chance to discuss this. You don't trade Jimmy G. You finally have to get to the point where you say, this is Trey Lance's team. He's going to be the starting quarterback. So now you got a guy that you're having to pay twenty million plus to, who's coming off an injury, and is just going to sit there. <laughs> just he's just look. I'm not I'm not the smartest guy, but that doesn't seem to be a smart move to me. No one's going. Teams have expressed an interest in Jimmy G, but they're not going to give up what San Francisco wants. Because they know San Francisco eventually will just have to cut him, eat his salary, they'll have to pay it, and then they can go out there and sign Jimmy G to a cheap, team-friendly deal for them. Because San Francisco has no leverage. Because they let it be known that they wanted Trey Lance to be their guy, and then they even had a press conference about it. (laughs) So done, no one's going to trade for him now. And Jimmy G is a decent starting quarterback in this league. So if I'm a quarter, if I'm a team that needs a quarterback, I go okay. We'll just wait for you to cut him during camp, because you, we know you're not going to pay some guy twenty million plus to be the backup quarterback and never get on the field. Just NFL teams sometimes, and they're ran by smart people, like really smart people, that go to good schools and have fancy degrees, but they do some stupid stuff, man. Just dumb, 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 dumb. Should have traded Jimmy G when you could, when you had the chance. Should have been able to get whatever you could out of him then. You tried to be greedy, and now it's backfired because no one wants to trade for him. Because, first of all, he's coming off an injury and surgery. But second of all, no one wants to pay him all that salary. And you let everyone know that he's not even going to be a starting quarterback. So his value just went... And these teams do this over and over again you think they would learn but they don't we gotta take a time out we'll wrap up our number two here on rp3 and company that's all coming up next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and you're home for the lsu tigers and houston astros welcome back to rp3 and company i'm your big bald and beautiful host. Raymond Parch Third, known in some circles as Three Bills, better known to you as RP3. I got a buddy of mine, David. He made a joke with me one time because, you know, I'm 300 pounds. He goes, what's up, Three Bills? I said, I love that. Put that in your phone right now. See, I embrace that. I embrace the mockery. Plus, I have friends that we just, you know, look. You got to have those great guy friends that just that just gives you hell. You need those in your life. So I'm actually three bills, and then when I started losing weight, he's like, "I'm not changing it." <laughs> he's like, "I'm not, I'm not changing it. I'm not, I'm not changing it to two and three quarter bills in my phone anymore." I said, "I respect that. I respect that decision." <laughs> oh, let's talk a little live golf shall we i told y'all about this i said this isn't done i said this isn't over you're gonna have more and more golfers join the tour henrik stenson was one of the last ones he gave up being the Ryder cup captain to go join the live tour because there's gonna be like 45 million dollars involved or something like that and it just wasn't gonna stop And you're going to continue having players leave to go join that tour. Especially guys that are maybe past their expiration date, so to speak, as being legitimate contenders on the tour and in major tournaments. And Bubba Watson's the latest one to do so. His name has been bantied about, if you will, about leaving for the live tour and Bubba is a two-time masters champion yet another masters champion joining the live tour but Bubba has not been great for a long time it's been more than a while since he's been a guy that's in the mix for major championships Every once in a while, you'll see him do, he'll do pretty well at a tournament here and there, but a little past his prime, so to speak. And now Watson is reportedly headed to Live Golf, expected to debut at the at a Boston-based event later this summer. The two-time Masters champion, who at one point was ranked as high as number two in the world. He's headed to the Live Golf Series. Watson's 43. Yeah. Watson's doing this for money. I mean, I'm just being honest. He's been sidelined since late May due to a torn meniscus, disclosing the injury after contending early at the PGA Championship before finishing tied for 30th. So he's 43. The body's starting to break down a little bit. He's no longer a contender in major tournaments. There you go. So he's going to go and get that big retirement check by going over to the Live Tour. 12-time PGA Tour winner. And won the Masters in 2012 and 2014 and World Golf Championship titles in 2014 and in 2018. He also represented the Team USA at four Ryder Cups and two President's Cups. But right now, Bubba is the 86th ranked golfer in the world. So, Liv keeps adding names. Whether or not it's going to make a difference remains to be seen hour number two in the books hour number three we'll kick it off with less east then after that rescheduled Corey diaz and then brett chancy from the locked on astros podcast back to back to back guests that's all coming up right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers in houston astros Welcome back to RP3 and Company, final hour of the show. and My final hour before I go on vacation, trying to get everything lined up, get everything ready to go. Got to cross those T's, dot those I's, respond to text messages from friends and family while I'm on the air. <laughs> I had to. I couldn't help myself. I'm going to get another text message during the commercial break, too. Now, (laughs) got nothing but love for all y'all. Got to take a moment here to remind you to vote on our poll question of the day. How many more wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth to the Saints? I say two to three. Not only because what he can do on the field, but even if he's only like 85% of what he used to be, he's still going to draw attention, which is going to free up the other wide receivers, Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. But go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Come on now. Let's not get crazy out there. But right now it's time for us to talk more about Saints training camp, more about Michael Thomas, and so much more with the award-winning columnist reporter from CrescentCitySports.com. Our friend Les East joins us now. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
5: I'm doing well, Raymond. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, (laughs) bud. I'm doing good. So let's start with Michael Thomas. Uh, He was supposed to be on the pup list for training camp. That lasted, what, a day? And all of a sudden, he's off of it. He's out there running routes and practicing and talking to the fine media folks like yourself. Les, uh... What do you make of how rapidly Michael Thomas got back to practice?
5: Well, it was a little bit of a surprise because um, Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen had both said on Tuesday uh, that he wasn't quite ready. And the way Mickey put it was that, you know, he's just not quite 100% 100 yet, but he will be soon. So we were all thinking probably within a week. He would be on the field, and then all of a sudden they they sent him out yesterday morning to test the ankle, and they saw everything they wanted to see from him. And so they took him off the pup list, and he practiced, which was a surprise. And yet I was a little bit surprised that he went on pup in the first place because I think the expectation generally had been that he, he had a pretty good chance of being ready to go for the start of camp. So I think they were being overly cautious. Um, when they put him on pop, and uh, when they reevaluated him they uh, I guess decided they were going to be a little less cautious but his ankle uh, passed the test and they put him out there and so um, we're back where I think we suspected we would be all along and he, he's back on the field training camp's underway and we'll see where it goes from here
1: you know when he talked to the media, I was I pick, I picked up on a few things and a few things stood out to me less. One of them was is about yeah you know, he just kind of dropped it in there about you know how he's ready to get wins for DA. There's already kind of a appreciation for their new head coach and wanting to do right by him. We've heard similar things from Jameis Winston this summer, but now we hear it from Michael Thomas. I don't know that they just gives me a little peek into how much the offense respects their new head coach, even though he's not Sean Payton. Am I reading too much into that or no?
5: No, I think he's well respected um, you know from the entire team. I think they respect certainly the job he's done with the defense. Obviously the defensive players know uh, Dennis a lot better than the offensive players, but uh, I, I think there's a continuity there that they appreciate. Uh, You know, in Mike's case, I don't know if there are any lingering feelings. You know, at this time last year on on the, the eve of training camp availability that we had Tuesday, the same availability last year was when Sean Payton came out and said that, you know, Mike's surgery should have happened earlier than it did. It didn't happen until June, and that's why he wasn't ready to go last training camp. I don't know if there are some lingering feelings uh, toward Sean because of that, and, and that may have something to do with him going out of his way to talk about getting wins for Dennis Allen, but whatever the case, I think uh, that, you know, everything seems to be positive with the coaching change, and I think that, that carries across both sides of the ball, even though the offensive players are you know, getting to know him a little bit better as head coach than they do him as defensive coordinator.
1: What did you make of what you've seen so far through the first couple of days of camp less in particular with the offense anything stand out to you?
5: No they uh, <laughs> you know they just they went out there yesterday in shorts and ran around a little bit threw the ball around. They didn't even have I think today they're putting shells on uh, they won't um, have pads on till Monday so <clears throat> it's really, yesterday was a glorified walkthrough. Um, so the, there's not really anything So see. We're not going to see anything from the linemen until they put pads on next week. Uh, as far as the skill players, uh, nothing really stood out. I mean, Jameis is out there. He looks like he's able to do everything uh, they need him to do. And that, that was the expectation coming off the knee surgery that he would, after what he did during OTAs, I think the expectation was that he would be pretty far along for the start of camp. And he's there, um, but otherwise, there's not much you can tell uh, from what ha- what has happened so far. And today, uh, even though they're putting the shells on, it's not going to be much more significant than what they did yesterday.
1: What are they going to do at running back? How did the workout go
5: with Howard? Well, they, they didn't sign him. They signed the other running back. He's uh, bounced around the league quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I think they're they're kicking the tires on a few guys to see if there's somebody who might be able to help them. But uh, I don't think, you know, he, we're, we're here at the end of July, training camp starting. There, there aren't running backs blocking the streak that are capable of filling in for Alvin Kamara if he <laughs> – Gets a six-game suspension, as we suspect he might. So uh, they're they're just, you know, looking at possibilities. And now they have another veteran on the roster, who I guess would share time with Mark Ingram if Alvin were to be uh, suspended at some point. But I, I don't think there's going to be any upgrade of significance at the running back position. Now, as far as Alvin's situation you know his court date is now scheduled for Monday in Las Vegas but Mickey Loomis was asked uh on Tuesday about whether that would be uh whether Alvin would have to be excused from camp to in order to attend that and he said he didn't know so at this point we don't know if Alvin's going to have to be in court i assume that uh, some sort of plea will be entered if there is a hearing don't know if Alvin needs to be there or if the attorney can handle that. We also don't know if they might be looking for uh, another delay. They this got pushed back uh, from the spring because they they didn't get the um, evidence from the uh, prosecution uh, as quickly as they had hoped. They said they needed more time to prepare for their court date. And so now we're looking at August one. Maybe they're looking at another delay. So, uh, you know, right now, Mickey said the Saints don't know if uh, what's going to happen on Monday, if anything. So, you know, the whole Alvin Kamara thing continues to hang over this club as one big cloud of uncertainty.
1: I'm talking with Les East of CrystalCitySports.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company, talking all things New Orleans Saints training camp. You know... Uh, earlier in the year, Taysom Hill, you know, Dennis Allen's like, we're moving him to tight end, you know, obviously he's not going to be in the mix at quarterback, but then he kind of, I don't know. I found his comments to be interesting earlier this week, Les, when he said, well, you know, we're going to line him up at tight end, but also wide receiver and, you know, he'll get some reps at quarterback. So it went, it's gone from look like the guy's going to be playing primarily tight end to more of him now being what he was before he was thrown in the mix with the quarterback, where he's your Joker role. How do you think they're actually going to use Taysom Hill?
5: Yeah, I asked Dennis about that specifically on Tuesday about how he was going to um, use him, and I had the same reaction you had. Is that it, sort of I believe the most definitive he's been about maintaining that role uh, as a quarterback, as a sort of a change of pace to Jameis. So it does look like. You know, what we've been accustomed to seeing with him, you know, coming in for a series or two or a play or two here and there uh, to, to run the offense uh, from the uh, quarterback position is going to continue. And he said he would have a special teams role as he's had in the past. I, you know, I think probably the biggest change is that he is going to probably take more snaps as a tight end than a wide receiver, which isn't necessarily a dramatic change, but uh, you know, they may line him up inside a little bit more, although he's lined up inside and outside, and he may get more snaps in that role because they don't have a great deal of depth. At tight end, they have some candidates for, for snaps there, but you know Adam Troutman, Jawan Johnson, Nick Vanette, none of those guys has emerged as the Uh, a go-to player the way they had hoped. Uh, They're hopeful about especially Troutman and Johnson being uh, players who blossom. But for now, I think Taysom's going to have a significant role at tight end. And yet it looks like he's going to continue to do everything he's done in the past. So that's going to be a storyline. I think that's going to develop over the course of the preseason. And it'll be interesting to see, what happens in the season opener in Atlanta. But I I suspect it's not going to be a whole lot different than what we saw two years ago.
1: Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? It feels like he's going to be used in that joker role more than he is going to be at tight end. Let's go on the defensive side of the football. I love what I hear from Cam Jordan about Davenport and you know uh, how great of a player he is and how much respect he has. I also love the fact that he made sure to say, you know, uh we're gonna make sure Peyton Turner gets there too, but he's not there yet. Almost like a, a the, the old veteran telling the youngster, hey uh, you got work to do. We believe in you, but you got work to do. What did you make of what Cam had to say about his fellow defensive lineman?
5: Yeah, I think he's kind of you know taking both those guys under his wing. Obviously Marcus is farther along than Peyton Turner. He's uh, two or three years uh, longer in the league. And Turner's rookie season was cut way short last year by injury. Uh, but they're very similar guys. They're uh, very good athletes, a, a lot of talent, uh, guys that the Saints invested heavily in uh, to get them in the draft that they have high hopes for. And uh, I think this is a huge season for Marcus Davenport. I mean, if he's ever going to emerge as a big-time player, I think this is the year it needs to happen. Uh, he has shown a lot of ability when he has been healthy. And he had a, a rough season last year, a rough off season with surgeries, uh, appears to be healthy now. and uh, He has a chance, I think, to be a really breakout player and to have a big impact on this defense. And Peyton Turner, I think, is still trying to find his role. Uh, I think you're probably right that uh, Cam was sending a message to him like uh, you, you, you still got a lot of work to do, but we believe in you. And uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity. They, they're going to rotate a lot of guys on that defensive line, which I think is the deepest position on the team. And uh, Peyton Turner certainly will have an opportunity to uh, find a role of significance. So th- those are two of the more important players on the defense, which you know is I think the better unit of the. The two this year going into the season is the defense, and those two young defensive ends, I think, are going to be very significant. And they're both uh, hoping to someday be what Cam Jordan has been. And I think Cam's in year 11 now or 12. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to be uh, the leader of that line a whole lot longer. And those are the two guys that are priming to, to slide into that role in the near future.
1: All right, Les, what do you expect to see in the next few days this weekend and early next week from training camp? What are you looking for, rather?
5: Well, I think, you know, now that Mike Thomas is on the field, I I think all eyes will be on him. It it looks like he's pretty healthy. I I just think uh, seeing how the the timing works between him and uh, Jameis and, you know, how that relationship evolves is something to keep an eye on. But I, I. I don't think anything's going to jump out there. They're, they're going to be working together. We'll learn more about them in games. I think the left tackle position remains an area uh, to keep an eye on. Is James Hurst uh, going to be able to start because of his experience, or is Trevor Penning going to be ready to start as a rookie? We won't know that probably till late August or early September, but that's something we we can get some clues to as we watch practice. Uh, You know, Tyron Matthew has been excused for a family matter. We don't know how long that's going to take, so certainly we're going to be keeping an eye out to see when he winds up on the field. I I suspect it will be fairly soon, but Dennis Allen left that kind of open. So, you know, he's the only guy who's not here, um, and he's excused to, to be away. So it'll be good when he gets there and they have a full complement of players. But I think left tackle... Now that the Mike Thomas saga has entered a new phase, I think left tackle is the area that we're going to watch most closely.
1: Les, appreciate your time. As always, brother, keep up the tremendous work and uh, keep covering training camp better than most, my friend. Thank you for your time.
5: Thanks, Raymond.
1: That's Les East from ChrisTheCitySports.com. Covers the Saints, covers the Pels. we got to take a timeout, though, here on RP3 and Company. When we return... Corey Diaz from the Daily Advertiser will join us talking all things Raging Cajuns and Sunbelt Media Days. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros.
0: Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company just slightly delayed look when you are a beat reporter for one of the best teams in the state of louisiana and you have a personal life sometimes you're juggling things and sometimes you got to reshuffle things and reschedule things and that is totally understandable because we weren't able to get them last hour but now we are the new beat reporter covering the raging cajuns for the daily advertiser he did tremendous work in South Carolina covering the Gamecocks. Before then, he covered Louisiana Tech and Grambling here in Louisiana. My old friend Corey Diaz now joins us. Bud, good morning to you, brother. How are you? <laughs> oh, Raymond.
6: You know it's just been a just a peachy morning uh, so <laughs> far today. Um, not only being able to to have you bring me on to your to your lovely show, man. Um, You know, you mentioned it kind of off the top there. Uh, So, yeah, the reason why I wasn't on last hour was because I had to uh, give my stepson an at-home COVID-19 test. Um, I'm not sure if any of your listeners have ever done this before, but I can assure every single one of them, this is not something you want to do. (laughs) I would recommend never, ever, ever having to do this. For the remainder of your days, uh, it is the most stressful thing, Raymond, and I am not kidding. I've have, I've have been in news conferences with a pissed off Nick Saban. I, I've 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 driven into the to the to the bellows of hell, but this is the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. Do not do this. Be warned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got you, brother. I got you, man. Look, man. That's uh, that's that. That was like par- uh, parenting is. Uh, uh, parenting is always a challenge, brother, especially in the, the world we live in these days. It makes it even a little bit more uh, impossible, so to speak. So, all right. You were there in New Orleans with yours truly. We were there for Sunbelt Media Days the last couple of days. Uh, give me your t- big takeaways on what the Raging Cajuns, Coach Dez and company, had to say, whether at the podium or, wh- or whether when you pulled them aside and talked to them or Dr. Brian Maggard, What what which, which kind of year your big takeaways from the Cajuns?
6: Yeah, you know, I would say um, I I think the biggest talking point for them was to – it was almost to ensure that the culture and the structure that has been established the last four-plus years under former coach Billy Napier is still very much alive and well. Um, you know, within, within that, that football program. I think that was the biggest thing that they wanted to sell. I, I do believe, um, you know, it was, it wasn't just, it wasn't just Des that was saying this. Um, it was also uh, junior running back, Chris Smith. Uh, it was also Andre uh, Jones, the big uh, out, outside linebacker, defensive end. It, it, they were all in unison as it pertains to that. Um, now, you know, of course, especially the players, you know, cause I w- did wanted to get a little bit of insight from them into just kind of the the maybe those subtle differences right between Napier and DeSormo. and uh, you know they both kind of confirmed it for me that <laughs> Dez is a little more laid back, a little more chill uh, than Billy was, and so there's there is a little more there's more opportunities for the players to not only come in, keep their head down, get their work done, but there there's there's also time for them to have a little fun, kind of cut loose a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think being around those two players yesterday, uh, I I could sense a little more, uh, you know, at ease. Uh, I think they were a little more relaxed. I think they were a little more chilled out. Um, And so I I am interested to see how that carries over, you know, to the the on-the-field product, right? Um, I think, you know, and even Des told me, too, he said, listen, you know, the way Billy did things here, it obviously worked, right? I mean, 41 wins in the last four years, you know, three bowl victories, you know, won the conference championship uh, last year. It's possible that that could have been a repeat of the 2020 season, but that conference championship game did not happen due to COVID-19 concerns. And so, um, you know, I, I think it, it's kind of right now that the campaign for, for the Raging Cajuns, right, is let's all don't freak out because Billy, a- Billy Napier is not here anymore. Things are things are being run almost the exact same way. There's no reason to think that the, the the success that we've seen over the last four years cannot continue just because Napier left. And so, um, I, I, you know, I was impressed with with the with the UL contingency there at Sun Belt Media Days yesterday. I enjoyed my time with them uh, and looking forward to, you know, obviously getting some more time here very soon with uh, with fall camp starting up next Friday night.
1: Yep, Fall Camp's going to be starting up next Friday night. All right, give me your reaction non-Cajun related on what you heard from the rest of the teams and the rest of the conference during Sunbelt media days.
6: Yeah, um well, I just, you know, as a whole, I would say um you know, for the for the conference itself, you know, there <laughs> You know, Keith Gill, I think he's walking around with a little bit of swagger, right? You know, I think that, um, you know, with this latest round of, of conference realignment, you know, that started last year uh, while I was at SEC Media Days and, and at the Winfrey and Hoover, you know, that, that first day, you know, news breaks that Oklahoma and Texas is inquiring about joining the SEC and and all hell broke loose last summer. And, and uh, you know, the Sun Belt, I mean, not only did they – Survive it, man. I, I think I do think they, they strengthened their league and they got better. You know, adding Old Dominion and James Madison and Marshall and Southern Miss. I mean, um, you know, from a geographical standpoint, uh, it's it, it's a conference that not only makes sense, but I think it's a conference that um, you know now has some uh, some renewal of some old rivalries like UL Southern Miss. Um, you know, Southern Miss, South Alabama. You know, you, you get these regional games that I think there's there's going to be more fan engagement. There's going to be more there's going to be there's going to be more fans in the stands at some of these games, and I think that was uh, that was big for uh, for the Sun Belt moving forward into this um, as, as we continue to navigate uh, you know realignment in college football because it's certainly not over. Um, and I do think they've positioned themselves uh, in a way that you know, if we do see expansion of the college football playoff to maybe say at least 12 teams in the near future, um, as long as the coastal Carolinas, you know, if James Madison can get going at the FBS level, you know, if Marshall can continue to be a really consistent football program, if, if Louisiana can continue to be a consistent, good football program, and maybe the South Alabama can, can stay good. And, and Southern Miss might can turn things around. I mean, you're looking at a pretty strong football conference. So, um, and then individually at teams uh I'll tell you what man uh Terry Bowden and his group at u l m they 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 had me they had me rolling yesterday man um they they <laughs> you know they they um you know Terry says that they're they're gonna be in in the competitions for conference championship this year man okay you know you you can say that, and that's great um so we'll love we'll, the enthusiasm we'll see how
1: they go. love the enthusiasm yeah. from coach, right, yeah. And then, of course, you know, I mean,
6: obviously, you know, there's, you know, there's four new schools, right, in in this league. And so there's four new football programs. And so just kind of seeing, uh, you know, those four coaches and their players, uh, you know, come into a new conference and and be around, you know, a new set of, um, you know, uh, media and, and, um, you know, obviously dealing with the conference folks and, um, you know, really just coming in and and again, kind of expressing that excitement, right, about being a Sun Belt school now. And so, it's gonna be good, man. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about how good and deep that the East is going to be, but you know, I think I think the West at the top too, man. With 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 Louisiana, with South Alabama, and I think Troy is actually going to be really good uh, this year too. Um, it's it's a strong conference, man, and I think the Sun Belt should feel really good about where it is right now.
1: All right, bud, tell all the folks how they can follow you on social media and where they can go to read all your stuff. Now that you're the brand spanking new. Raging Cajun beat reporter for the Daily Advertiser, my friend.
6: Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, you can always catch uh, the latest of, of everything that I do at theadvertiser dot um, And as far as social media, um, you can catch me over at Twitter at uh, by Corey Diaz, and that's by. And um, you know, uh, love to always engage uh, with 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 fans, um, with readers, um, with you know, even people that maybe don't even necessarily care for me all that much, uh, love the banter, love the discussion. Uh, that's so what makes college football so great. Um, looking forward to, um, you know, getting more entrenched and, and spending more time around, uh, the, the Cajuns and the football program. I'm excited about the, um, uh, you know, the, the season that's coming up, that'll be starting here in just a little over a month. And, um, you know, before we know it, it'll, it'll be bowl season and, and we'll Raymond, you and i look at each other and we'll say, what, what just happened to football season. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm excited, man. Was, you know, I'm ready to hit the ground. Uh, been doing some work, obviously, for the last few weeks, but, uh, you know, ready to to hit the ground running with football season. It's going to be fun.
1: Brother, appreciate your time. Glad you're back here in Louisiana, man, and I know you're going to kill it with the Raging Cajun beat. So we'll talk to you soon, bud. Enjoy your summer, and I'll see you soon.
6: Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, see you real soon. Take care.
1: we got to take a timeout. When we return, Brett Chansey from the Locked On Astros podcast will join us. Talking all things Strohs as they gear up for a four-game set against the Seattle Mariners last time these two teams face in the regular season. That begins tonight. We'll break it all down coming up next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 28th, 1989. Atlanta Braves star Dale Murphy hits a pair of 3-run homers in one inning, becoming the 14th man to hit two homers in the same inning. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. That's right. The Astros are gonna be taking on the Baltimore Orioles, who are man, they're playing really good baseball right now. That'll take place on Saturday, August twenty-seventh, and you can be there. That's right. Register in the game clubhouse to score yourself four tickets to see the O's. Take on the Strohs inside Minute Made. You also get a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's, once again, O's, Strohs. Saturday, August 27th. You're going to get four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, and hotel accommodations taken care of for that Saturday night. Astro Weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game is, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, but you can only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Right now, it's time for us to talk about more about those Houston Astros. They unfortunately were swept yesterday by the Oakland Athletics, but this is baseball. You sweep the Yankees, you sweep the Mariners, and then you get swept by the Athletics. This is how it works sometimes, especially in a season where you're squeezing in 162 games in less time than you really normally would have. To break it all down about those stros is our good friend from the Locked On Astros podcast, part of the Locked On Network, Brett Chancy joins us now. Brett, good morning to you, brother. How are you?
7: You know, I'm doing good. I I got all excited with this with this like lead in music, and I'm sitting there wondering, am I eligible to sign up for this getaway? I mean, what a what a great deal! I mean, you you guys are really giving your listeners the royal treatment. And if you've never been to Minute Maid Park and you're in and you haven't ever taken a tour, and you win this, I mean, it is it is a great place. I, I caught it the Taj Mahal of baseball. Because the Astros are the absolute gold standard of Major League Baseball. And yes, they got swept by the Oakland Athletics. But you know what? A blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while, right?
1: <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear, bud. That's what I wanted to hear. Look, it's also a long season. And someone brought this up on social media, and I'll bring it up to you. 2017, 2022 Astros. Same identical record. Both teams got swept in Oakland by the last place Athletics. Both seasons, obviously in 2017, that ended up with a World Series championship. So I think the Strohs are going to be just okay.
7: Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a marathon, not a sprint. This is baseball. We didn't exactly trot our our starters out every single game. They did have scheduled rest days. Um, I said on the show last night, like, don't, don't be a chicken little. The sky's not falling. And, you know, really what what is all the buzz right now is the Astros fans have all these theories of what the Astros are going to get. And every time you have a theory during the trade deadline, someone like Ken Rosenthal comes along and goes, Oh wait, there's Cedric Mullins out there, you know? Um, and you could trade her kitty for someone like that. I mean, the stove is hot right now. I think the Astros though, absolutely need to add a left arm in the bullpen it seems like right now, according to Ken Rosenthal and the Athletic, that they are going pretty hard after some center field help as well.
1: Well, let's start there because we're a week yeah. away from the trade deadline. And we've heard them connected to Bell from Washington, who can play first base or play the outfield, and he gives them an additional bat. They've been connected to the last couple of days, last 48 hours, right? Contreras, a, a catcher who can hit. And they also been connected to getting bullpen help with a left-handed or getting another outfielder. Uh, let's start with Bell. How likely do you think that deal is to get done?
7: I think Bell is the most likely scenario because he is the type of player that you would not have a problem with keeping him here past the, past the rental time. And I don't think the Nationals are going to garner a massive return for that. You do have some minor league pieces. You could offer them an outfielder, a third baseman, and a pitcher um, if, if it was that much, or even just an outfielder and a pitcher because the Nationals need everything. Josh Bell, I, I've done my study. Um, I've talked to the on Nationals guy, Josh Neighbors. He's a clubhouse guy. He's big in the community. He's a, he's a Texas kid. And so at the end of the day, he's 30. You could get him on a three-year deal. If you get a handshake that at the end of the year, you're going to sign back with us. I think Yuli's playing days are really soon to be over after this season. Um, he may turn it around at some point, but I think they keep him on as like a Cuban um, baseball connection type of liaison services contract. I just think Bell's the most likely scenario because they will demand the least amount from the club. As far as a Contreras, I I think the Cubs want, the Cubs want a lot, but you may not have to give away too, too much. And um, Contreras, his defense is not great behind the plate, but it's his bat that's that's a big seller. He can also DH. Um, But I like Bell being able to play left, play first, DH, and, I think we'll see Josh Bell at the Houston Astro come come Wednesday next week.
1: How do you navigate this if you're Dusty Baker? Because if you get both of these guys, then you're taking away playing time from two veteran guys. Now, Yuli is struggling. We know that. I mean, he's batting below two forty still. Uh, Martin Maldonado is, you know, even though he's been hitting of late, he's not re- really known for his hitting prowess. They're well respected older vets in that locker room that you're gonna right. be taking time for. It's it can be a right, it, it can be a, a difficult thing to navigate. Dusty's an old baseball guy. I have faith in him to be able to do that. Any concern there? You
7: see, I think that the Astros or James Click, from what he said in this last week on various interviews. They're they're not going to do something like the clubhouse trusts them to do the right thing. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to do anything unless they really feel like it. Also, is kind of one of the things that the players accept as acceptable. And I know that sounds kind of backwards. Like, well, if you're the GM, your job's to get the best team on the field. It's not about feelings. It's a business. But if a contreras comes in. He doesn't even have to do a split where he's even catching a majority. I mean, you can give him success playing DH or or left field, um, first base with Josh Bell. I don't think Yuli would have a problem taking that role because you could move Yuli around. If Bregman has an off day, you can move him to third. That's his original place. You can. He's played second base. You can move him in two other spots in the infield if you give other guys rest. So you wouldn't necessarily have to reduce his playing time as much. Um, Jordan, I think, is going to be playing a lot more left field because right now there's no like Brantley's not even swinging a bat. So I think at the end of the day, when you bring the guys in, you let them know these are our established bets. And I think I think Maldi would be the perfect person to help Contreras with some of his defensive holes. And Josh Bell, well, from what I've heard, is a clubhouse guy would be willing to take pretty much any role you give to him. I mean, they're coming to the perennial American League favorite. They're coming to the only team that I think holds a candle to them in the National League are the New York Mets.
1: One more. We'll get you out of here. They got Lance McCullers Jr. coming back. He's making progress. You got the best pitcher in minor league baseball just waiting to be called up. Uh, there's only so many roster spots, and if you're wanting to get some of these guys, you can send prospects. But you also have an abundance of pitchers that you could ship elsewhere as well. Who's the most likely guy that's part of the rotation that may be sent out this next week to get some pieces back?
7: You know, it's the only guy on this staff that's three and zero in the World Series, and that's Jose Arquidi. And I think that has to do with his age, and I think it has to do with the other guys that are much younger and if you're not going out and get a, getting a huge, huge fish in this pond, but it's going to require some starting pitching, Lance McCullers is looking to either come back and be starting by the playoffs, or I would guess they would piggyback him. I, I just think Jose Arquiti is the most likely. I don't see them moving There's There are too many strings attached with his contract. Um, he's going to be an innings eater for the regular season. I doubt he makes a postseason roster. So, uh, now, if it's a big package or we make a big splash and there's like a Luis Castillo comes into it, you're going to have to give up a Javier or a, a Luis Garcia, which I absolutely don't want the club to do.
1: Would you rather them give up Brown instead to get a piece mm-hmm. to help make a World Series run, yes or no? I, 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 really, I
7: really want the Astros to keep Brown. I know, <laughs> I, I know, I know. I mean, I mean... Not not just because I've not just because I've gotten to know the kid personally, just just going to games, talking to him before games, and just watching him improve his craft. I just you're going to have to get something back really massive in return. That's going to be at the the Lu, a Luis Castillo trade, but the problem is Brown would not be the only piece. So then you're kind of mortgaging your future. Um, and you know what if Luis Castillo comes here and isn't successful? I mean, you have a plethora of starting pitching. I just, I, I think we're out on the like Castillo talk. I really thought like a week ago we were in, but Brown to me would be off limits. To them, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the reasons he hasn't been called up because maybe he's a possible trade piece. That's mm-hmm. it's a possibility. It's not one that I like to think about.
1: Brett. Appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much. Keep up the tremendous work with the Locked On Astros podcast, my friend. And we'll talk to you soon and enjoy your weekend.
7: Yes, thank you. And if I could just say this before I go, if y'all help us get to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, we're giving away a Ryan Stanick autographed ball. He's agreed to sign a ball. And then once you, what you got to do is follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Um, We'll find the graphic on there follow the instructions there's a little youtube video on it you can possibly win an autograph ball from Ryan Stanick, one of our guests and friends of the show so make sure y'all do that and subscribe to locked on astros we're your team every day
1: bud will do brother enjoy your weekend you too go astros we gotta take a time out our last one of the day we will wrap up today's show. We'll finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, the Game Clubhouse at 103.7thegame.com or 1041 thegamecom can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, You're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. You can win all of those. You can win one of those, two of those, three of those. But you can only win those gift certificates to some of the best restaurants in Acadiana that's going to help you with your date night blues so you can impress your lady By becoming a member of our clubhouse. So you got to go sign up today. It's simple. It's easy. It's free. Go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Sign up today so you can start scoring great prizes in our rewards club. Poll question of the day. We asked you, now that Michael Thomas is off the pup list and he's practicing once again there at training camp down in Medry. How many wins is a healthy Michael Thomas worth? He hasn't been healthy in two plus years. But how many more wins is he worth for the Saints if healthy? 40% of you say less than three. 38% of you say at least three. So eh, y'all are divided on this. I think some of y'all are gun shy of him actually being healthy. And 22% say more than three. Steve says Mike is Chad Ocho 2.0. Uh oh. Two nice seasons and poof, he disappears overpaid prima donna who can't stay on the field i don't pin my hopes on guys like michael thomas the odds are better for him to play three games rather than help the same saints win total salty steve with the salt on a thursday right before i go on vacation my brother thank you for that thank you to all who voted on the poll question of the day all who left their comments as well i'm gonna be on vacation blaine viator is filling in tomorrow here on rp3 and company we got jim gozolo lined up the great one next week until next time y'all be safe out there be kind to one another kevin foot and footnotes is up next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers in houston astros